0: You are now tuned to the Priority One subspace frequency, brought to you by Seulita.com. Sayulita, the galaxy's premier shore leave destination. Command codes
1: verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Welcome to episode ninety seven of Priority One, recorded on Thursday, September twentieth, two thousand and twelve. Hosted on the Priority One and now streaming live on TrekRadio.net on Thursday nights around five thirty uh, Pacific Standard Time, for those of you who are wondering. I'm James.
0: And I'm Elliot sitting in for Adrienne. We actually have an update coming in from her over the comms right now. Let's see if we can uh, let's see if we can grab her. Hold on hello 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 well you us and everybody else we're live on trek radio right now
1: yeah somebody mimet awesome. says uh whoop Adrienne!" <laughs> and it's literally like seven lines the same. Days. 47 n's yeah it's that's like yeah that's awesome like i wonder if, uh they must have really powerful
2: lungs i mean <laughs> absolutely text
1: lungs. absolutely,
2: text absolutely. Lungs. <laughs>
1: So, so you at a uh, diplomatic affair? Are you pulling ambassador duty this weekend for Starfleet, or what?
2: This is uh, well. Right now, I'm at the uh, the last supper. <laughs> it's the uh, the last the last dinner of uh, Jesse at the physical therapy facility where he's at. So, uh, they're releasing him tomorrow, and uh, the surgeon said that his leg is healing up really good. So, right. you know, we're just so thankful for everybody's help and everything, and they're doing a. Um, I guess this was already planned. It just happens to be the day before he leaves. But uh, it's um facility really does some
0: nice dinners to the
1: people who have to stay here. So I got invited. Well, That's thoughtful. Outstanding. Yeah. So, oh, and uh, I guess my met is uh, Shinsei. He's saying, and uh, Sirudium Sor- says hi. Uh, Midnight Shadow Seven says hi. Woody Valley says good day, Adrian. So, uh, you're, so you're missed. <laughs> you're very missed.
2: Out- Thank you, uh, Midnight Shadow, also for your for your Twitter hello, your Twitter good wishes. I did get them, and I haven't been able to respond to everybody, but but everybody, I I have gotten your your love and well wishes and everything, and it has helped tremendously. And really overwhelmed by all the support. Um, it's just really gotten us through this tough time. So I'm I'm happy to be back on the air, even just for a little bit. But uh, you know, we're all kind of in recovery over here. Um, so. I'll be will be back on the show regularly again very soon. But it's just really good to hear from all you guys. Thank you. Good.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, you're you are sorely missed. We we can't wait we can't wait to uh, have you back and and to have uh, have you know Jesse running around doing doing his business too and not uh, not miserable twenty four seven.
2: Yeah. This is the first day he's he's beaming. He's able to stand up like for a moment without his walker. Uh, he's really happy and and so eager to get back to work. He really misses just. Everything about Star Trek Line. he he was, uh, I was, I told people he was hooked up to the IVs at one point, um, just totally out of it, you know, having to deal with multiple surgeries, and he's, he's, on, he's on his iPad going through the still forums just trying to keep up because he just misses everything <laughs> so bad. I'm like, what are you doing? He's got like five IVs in him, and he's looking at his iPad going, doo doo, doo you know. Yeah, <laughs> So yeah, he might be able to go back to work if they can uh they can they might be able to bring some of his equipment over so he can start working on um maybe the Halloween episode we don't know oh, wow. but uh that would be we'll cool.
0: see we'll see
2: what he's yeah we'll see what he's up for um it, it all depends on what the doctor says and what he's able to do, but mm-hmm. uh if he heals well, then he'll officially be back to work with or in about a month he's got so many stories he's gonna be. I, I, I think he's going to do it because he says he's going to do it. He's going to be putting together a recollection uh, or like a uh, a book of experiences, things he's learned while going through this, this whole procedure. And some of them are really funny, uh, just about the characters and very odd situations he was put in. So, And he said absolutely this is inspiring him for a Halloween episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good. So,
2: so yeah. So, you know, hopefully he can get that out in time. Otherwise, it might turn into like a Friday the Thirteenth episode. We'll see, we'll see. Oh, did he so, like
1: his uh, his well wishing uh, message?
2: Oh yes, he did. He loved it. it. It made me cry. I don't know if he cried, but uh, but uh, <laughs> he had other reasons to cry. <laughs> right.
1: Well, see, that's <laughs> oh, why I was mine was like. Prodding him. Right, and that's why mine was, like, but, a little bit more humorous, because I knew that, like, everyone yeah. was going to have, like, the serious, we love you, and I knew you guys were going to get all teary-eyed, so I was like, I'm going to break no, this up. No, you, you made me cry,
2: too. No, you failed, because you made me cry, too, because I am so <laughs> happy. Damn. I was so happy to hear you cuss. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard you cuss in so long. I know. I just heard like, beep. I'm like, oh, James. I know. Um, oh. I, I did. I I cheered up with everybody's messages. It was just, it was so nice, and I just, I love all you guys. You're all just family to me, and so... Yeah, it's just been great with all the love and everything. And that was just a wonderful message. And I know that it took work for you guys to put it all together and everybody to submit their hellos. Uh, and it's just, it was great. And, and I've been reading all the comments, even the Snow forum. Um, I was surprised too to see some players had started the thread about Jesse too. So I read that. And I had, yeah, I'm just really behind on responding um, with the, the help of my friend, uh, Jesse's friend also, Mary Poplin. She was the one who has been updating
1: his you know Mary uh, Poppins? public site that's hmm? incredible mm-hmm? I didn't know you knew Mary Poppins when I she larps did California. she show up hanging from an umbrella oh no <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: yeah uh, she'd love that <laughs> yeah her, her Pascal Nibby and uh uh Krieger excellent for last name. now Pascal Krieger and Rachel Judd uh those are the three girls who really got this uh, kicked off with um people up for support and uh I mean, they're not the only people that had our back and have kept in touch. Um, uh, one of Jesse's really good friends, Rob Palmar, who's a friend of mine as well, uh, he's been, uh, just wanted to do like shout outs. But yeah, I mean, my whole Priority One family and, uh, and all the people, Gates, SovaCore, and the, uh, the Empire Skype chat, uh, all of my friends, everybody's just been awesome. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's been great. Uh, between, uh, Mary Poplin, myself, and Jesse, you can find out all the updates. Um, on Facebook, so if anyone wants to know what things are doing or wants to see the photos want to post them, I'll, I'll also Twitter it as well um, once that's up. But yes, for people with weak stomachs, I don't recommend looking at this specific video and our yeah,
1: slideshow. Much as I love <laughs> but it's <you guys, laughs> interesting for the science
2: that. people, brave people. <laughs> yes.
1: Are you uh, are you still <laughs> up for uh, October first? Our secret project for the fans, our, our surprise. So far. Okay. Good. So far, yes. Perfect. Yeah, we've got something, uh, some hot stuff coming for you guys come October first. So, uh, stay, yeah, tuned. so stay tuned. No so porn. Stay tuned. No porn. All right.
2: Well, I should get going. Uh, the yeah, you should. think doesn't last too long. You're so... cramping our
1: style and, and taking all the attention I know. off us. God. <laughs> God, I
2: know. I, I know. I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. Not really. Not really. <laughs> So no, it's just it's really great to hear from you guys again, and you I look too. forward to doing the show with you guys uh, again, uh, hopefully next week should be like my first official I'm back. Oh, that'd so be awesome. yeah, Jesse's coming home tomorrow morning, so a little bit of chaos and then it should settle. So, yay
0: Thank you, Adrian, for joining us. it's it's awesome. Thank
2: you. Have. Thank you guys.
1: Yeah, thanks for calling in, Adrian. It's good to hear from you. So what do we have in store for this week's uh, episode, Elliot?
0: What do we got? Well, we got tons. Uh, it is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode because this week we have none other than the illustrious Dan Stahl on the episode. So um, we're going to be talking to him just after Stone News about Season 6, Season 7, answering some listener questions, and all kinds of great stuff. In this episode's Blank of the Week, we take a look at a new NASA Skunk Works warp drive project. Pretty cool. I'm sure some of you saw it, some of you didn't. Uh, we'll find out what happened this week in Trek. In Stowe News, we cover lockboxes. Once again, they're on top of the news log. Blog 27 the newest spotlight on the Foundry, and an update on STF gear from Salami Inferno. But before we get on with the show, let's talk
1: business. We are live on TrekRadio.net every Thursday now at uh, 5.30 Pacific Standard Time. We've always syndicated our show with them, but now we will be live with them every week just so you know. They do have a, a built-in uh, IRC chat client, so don't freak out. You'll still be able to talk to us. You'll still be able to come on. We can say hi to you guys during the broadcast. It's great. And um, it's, it's just kind of the same thing we had over at, at our little live stream channel, only beta. So uh, come on over to uh, trekradio.net and check us out on Thursday nights. We are expanding. That's right. We are adding more and more features to the site, like the aforementioned guest blog, and we need some help. So, if you have any uh, credentials of any kind, if if you've ever wanted to be a part of a podcast team, please send us your info to incoming at priorityonepodcast dot com. We are collecting, and I say this collecting new people all the time, constantly getting new <laughs> folks uh, in. Uh, please yeah. send us your your credentials if you if you think you have a talent you can offer us.
0: Yeah, speaking, speaking of that, we have filled the assistant audio engineer position, and we would like to take this opportunity to welcome Lennon Rich to the crew. Lennon will be working with our chief engineer, Adrian. Yay, welcome, Lennon. Yay. Um, <laughs> he'll be working with Adrian on, uh, Priority One, Trek It Out, and our new show, which is to be announced. But now that he's here, we can actually go forward with it. With his help, we hope to improve our process and quality, as well as gain the ability to bring you more content faster. Uh, so we, we, we're ramping up. October should be pretty exciting. Lots of stuff coming out in October, so stay How tuned. Did
1: we go from one show to three already, Mike. To three. God. Plus, we're
0: really close to seven day a week blog submissions. Yeah, so, we've, I, what, October, we've so.
1: tripled the original audience we had since we took over, yeah, I think. Yeah, no, we got a lot going on, which is why we need all the help.
0: If you're listening to us live, we are still taking video editor applications, but, um, for those of you listening to us Monday, uh, for the download show, we are no longer accepting video editor director applications. As of this last Sunday, if you are listening to the download version, we will have our decision made next week. So thank you to all who applied. We, we did get a ton of videos into. I've got them. I'm hoarding them all on my desktop right now. As soon as they're all together, I'm going to put them together for the team to take a look at and review. But there's definitely some good ones in there. There's some talent out there.
1: So we're still looking for uh, game gaming news, sci-fi, fantasy, and entertainment bloggers. Like I said, we are almost full where we have them for all seven days a week, but we need a few more if you got them. This week, uh, we posted another new column by Declan Green, who's one of our new guys. We'd like to welcome him aboard. Uh, welcome, Declan. I really look forward to working with him. We have a, a bit we're going to be doing together uh, coming up, covering some of the Trek novels, which should be a lot of fun. So... Uh, stand by for that. We're gonna be interviewing one of yeah, the authors. Super cool. Among other things, Declan is a published author himself, and, uh, we'll be writing, uh, our book review column, uh, Behind the Lines. That's what it's gonna be called. The first installment of Behind the Lines is up right now. If you are a fan of Trek literature or sci-fi in general, Declan will have no end of resources available for you, uh, including, uh, author interviews and more. So, check that out. It's over on our site. Um, well, everything's on the site, so. <laughs> Um, just, just get over and check it out. Our resident KDF columnist, uh, Sargon, will be publishing our KDF focus Q&A with the devs on Friday the 21st. So head over to PriorityOnePodcast.com slash WordPress slash blog to, uh, check out the latest from all of our, uh, columnists and bloggers. So, uh, if you have any blog submissions, please send them into incomingpriorityonepodcast.com care of Bill, who is another one of our new members. I think we welcomed him last week, mm-hmm. but welcome again, Bill.
0: As a reminder, all of these positions are volunteer at the moment. None of us here at Priority One take home one single dime from our work, but we can offer a well-known outlook for your work and the opportunity to gain much-needed experience or hone your already established experience. If you're interested, please forward your contact information and experience along with a few writing samples to incoming at com.
1: Well, why don't we uh, set a course for this episode's Blank of the Week. On screen. On screen. On screen.
3: Joint places. I don't
1: know. It's the Blank of the Week. So this Blank of the Week is incredibly awesome. Uh, it comes from Gizmodo, and uh, it's, it's about the NASA's development of a real-life Star Trek warp drive. If you haven't seen it yet, drop everything and check it out now. The article features commentary from NASA's Advanced Propulsion Team, uh, their lead, Dr. Harold. His n- nickname is Sonny, so they call him Dr. Harold, quote, Sonny White. Uh, the article quotes Dr. White and says, Perhaps a Star Trek experience within our lifetime is not such a remote possibility. According to this article, Dr. White and his colleagues don't just believe a real-life warp drive is theoretically possible. They are already started work to create one. Yes! I know. (laughs) Winning! Right? Okay, so. It looks like the Star Trek explanation for Faster Than Light Travel taking advantage of warp bubbles is indeed... A reality. It's it's a very real thing that can happen here. So the team at Johnson Space Center is trying to find proof of these warp bubbles. These are naturally occurring warp bubbles, basically that they're they're finding proof for. They they think that there's basically a loophole in the math there somewhere that they they've discovered that there's this possibility for natural occurring warp bubbles. They're very very small, but if they can find them and prove they exist and figure out how to create them, what they want to do, of course, is be able to expand them and make them artificially. So. Using something called a White Judy Warp Field Inferometer, which of course is the two doctors, wife and Jude and that they're used, they created this thing to try and find these, by creating one of these warp bubbles, the spaceship's engine will compress the space ahead and expand the space behind, moving it to another place without actually moving it at all, and carrying none of the adverse effects of other travel methods. According to Dr. White, by harnessing the physics of cosmic inflation, future spaceships will... Uh, be crafted to satisfy the laws of these mathematical equations and they may actually be able to get somewhere unthinkably fast without adverse effects so he continues on to talk about if everything is confirmed and these practical experiments are, are successful um, we'll be able to create an engine that will get us to alpha centauri within two weeks as measured by Earth earth two clock weeks. Two weeks, two dollars. I am retiring on Alpha Centauri. Absolutely, <laughs> and I mean, if that's that's Alpha Centauri, that means like Mars, yeah. twenty five minutes, right? You know, what yeah, I'm saying like, like nothing, like it's a yeah. day trip. Exactly. So, right. uh, the article goes on to explain how uh, the fuel problem could be solved as well, to describe the the benefits and challenges involved in the project. I would imagine that anyone listening to the show uh, should be absolutely just enthralled with this idea, and if you haven't already, get over. Um, check the links uh, in the show notes, it, read this article. It goes all into the types of fuel. They use the term exotic matter for the fuel, which they used to say they, the thought of this, the amount of power needed to, to travel this fast and do these things, they used to think it was a ball of exotic matter as large as Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And uh, through what they've discovered in the mathematics of the wormhole, they've able to, been able to shrink that down to a very, very, very small amount of energy needed, uh, much, much, much more manageable amount of this quote-unquote exotic matter. Now, what is exotic matter? I I don't know. They don't explain that in the article, unfortunately.
0: The warp bubble, the way they describe it, it sounds exactly like the Trek warp bubble.
1: It's slightly different than than warp theory in Star Trek, slightly. It's kind of like moving space around you as opposed to moving through space. It's a crazy crazy theory, and it's a crazy idea, but it's absolutely intriguing. It's just so crazy it might work. Like I said, this is what happened when when, when when I read the article on Twitter. 8,000 Trekkies jumped in and started talking yep. about all these things, and it was just Trek tech for the next two weeks. Yep. So,
0: Have something that you think the Stoke community would enjoy knowing about? Submit your suggestions for a blank of the week to incoming at priority1podcast.com. Your submission could be the one we pick to highlight on next week's show. And again, thank you to Captain Wilhelm and I know Nooker, who submitted last week's, also sent uh, sent this in for our review, as well as my lovely wife. So thanks everyone for sending it in. Awesome. Why don't we check out what happened this week in track, track, track? <laughs>
1: This week in Trek in nineteen sixty five, Brian Singer is born. Of course, Brian Singer did a lot of directing. He also did a little bit of acting. He did do a cameo in one of the next generation movies uh, as an ensign on board the Enterprise E, I believe. In nineteen seventy six, NASA names the first space shuttle, Enterprise OV one oh one.
0: At Happy. the behest of fans.
1: At the behest of yeah, at the Dude, it was like thousands of letters. Yeah. The entire Star Trek crew, chat yeah, for everybody for years. Oh yeah, and I imagine it's gonna uh, be the same if they do create warp drive. You know, the first warp ship is gonna be Enterprise. It you know, to like,
0: be. it's like, already. Dude, you can see it on your Starbase wall. It's already happened. Yeah, I mean, There's it's no just, question about
1: it. <laughs> yeah, people will like kill NASA if they don't name it. You know what I mean? They just yeah. be like, it, yeah. it, it's gonna have to be. It's this just a just, done deal. Yeah. Yeah. And in 1994, Kate Mulgrew films her first scenes. As Catherine Janeway for, of course, Star Trek Voyager. So, those that wraps up this week in Trek. Not too much there, but let's move over into some uh, Stone news.
3: Computer, status report. Status. Incoming message.
2: I'm only in the mood for good news today.
0: This week in Stone News, from DJ Creamy over at Subspace Radio, he had an interview with Star Trek Online producer Salami Inferno, uh, Stephen Ricosa, which posted up on 919. In it, producer Stephen Salami Inferno Ricosa confirmed during his interview that some of the grind, quote-unquote, will be taken out of the STF gear progression. While he did not reveal any specifics, he did confirm that changes have been made to provide players with a lower barrier of entry to acquire some of these sets without disenfranchising players who have already earned them. What do you think? What do you think about that? Are they talking about just the the personal armor sets, or are they talking about like the Mako space set and the?
1: I'm assuming all of them, but I, you know who knows? You just well, how... you never know till they give you the end all be all details, right. you know. I just
0: you know just for the sake of speculation, I wonder: is there any way that a person like me or somebody out in the audience who hasn't earned it the same way you did? Is there any way that we're going to get that gear that that you're going to wind up not feeling disenfranchised?
1: Sure. I mean, in a way, because, you know, some of us still haven't gotten it. You know, like I said, I don't have all the ground gear yet for Mark 12. So, yeah, they just pretty much offer it up and say if you have X amount of EDCs or if you run, which is my personal favorite. The fix is just say if you've because they had all these markers along the way. If you run okay. this many missions, you got right. this. If you run this uh-huh. many, you got that. If you ran over three hundred, you get the Medal of Honor, which I've had sure. like I could have like four Medal of Honors by now. Sure. I say they just tie the gear sets yes, to the amounts played. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. If you run 500 STFs, they should just give you that. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. Like You've if you done run it bitch. 500 yeah. times, right. you should you should just get a set of Mark 12. Gear. Yeah. And that's what I'd say. They should. Do. That's that's always been my wish. Is just tie it to a marker and just call it good. You know, tie it to 500 STFs or 300 at the Medal of Honor, whatever. You know, or tie tie, that, to, tie one of them to 300. You know what as I mean? So it's every a 300
0: significant piece of work, you're you're not gonna feel like you got hosed.
1: No, yeah, I mean, because like I said, there's still two pieces I want to get, and uh, yep. and then I'd like to, you know, start over and get the other set because I have Omega stuff. I'd like to get the Omega stuff too, yep. you know. So no, I'm not gonna feel disenfranchised. I mean, I it's it needs to be fixed, and and I mean, yeah, I ran a dozen, but I wasn't really having anything else to do at the time either. I mean, you know, Starbases weren't around, yep. and you know, yep. like now said, I'm not that's... chasing those two pieces anymore. I haven't played that's... an STF in a long yeah. time. I just mm-hmm. go through my fleet gear now. You know, But that's that's the problem. Now that that's available, STF for what? Why should right. I play that? Uh, yeah, why would you? Right, so this will be good for them to do this because then people will have a reason to finally go back and finish up earning mm-hmm. those things.
0: Good. Well, we'll have to keep our ears open for that in the coming months because I can't wait to see how that happens because I, I, I'd love to get the helmet. You know? Yeah,
1: oh yeah. It. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd love to see this. Anyway, moving on into, uh, season six, dev blog number 27, which is the, uh, Starbase feature project number six, for those of you keeping count. Once again, Scott Gochark, he's our lead content designer, by the way, for Star Trek Online, he's brought out a new special project for us to get our hands on, high security. As the Federation and Klingon fleet starbases have been expanding in size and capability, new security measures have become necessary. To ensure the safety of residents and visitors on these bases, from enemies who threaten either up-front or hostile takeovers to more subversive tactics like sabotage, additional ground security teams have been requested. Upon completion of this project, your starbase's interior will see increased population. Klingons will staff up with elite warriors while members of Starfleet will enlist Starbase guards. This special project will be available around 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on September 20th. That's today. Yeah, my fleet probably has it done then. Uh, around uh, Until around 10 a.m. on October 4th, 2012, when we will then be seeing uh, our next feature, project number 7. Hopefully it's an Admiral's office. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. as an Admiral, <laughs> I'd really like to have an office now. My base is more than built enough. Why don't I have an office? Go
0: Indication char- secretary.
1: Yeah, go shark. Just saying, just saying. Yeah, can I have a hot Vulcan secretary. Anyway, <laughs> well, so, that's yeah. cool.
0: I, I I'm I'm excited to see that. I I mean, right now I like that it's filling up a little bit. I do wish they would have a special project as an optional to take away the tribbles. Mm, yeah,
1: well, they have the cleanup <laughs> button, but I just wish it would last a little longer. Like, you yeah, have to push it every hour to keep them out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I almost wish I hadn't done the trouble one. I, I, <laughs> right. I almost wish I told the fleet no on that one. No, yeah. No. yeah,
0: but this is nice. This will this will be cool. It'll be nice to see it busier and have that uh, security presence there for RP purposes. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, you know
1: what would be cool is if I had, like, a security guy right outside the door to my office. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> right. Well, moving on, uh, Spotlight on the Foundry, another one has posted this week. This week's spotlighted mission is Stray Dogs by DRK Frontiers. Faction is Klingon, level requirement is 41+. The mission summary goes as follows. During the height of the Gorn Wars, a renowned Klingon fleet, Wing 327, disappeared without a trace. For months afterwards, the Klingon Defense Force secured the galaxy in a vain effort to discover the fate of the once mighty fleet. You and your crew have been ordered to investigate rumors of the recent sighting of the fleet, along with the mysterious Marauder attacks along the frontier. Check it out. It seems like there's a lot of of Klingon missions that get featured, which is super awesome. I'm going to go check it out. I suggest you do too, folks. The link is in the show notes.
1: So, it's uh, been a while since we've covered a lockbox news, but uh, this week, Cryptic has announced that they will be bringing back the (laughs) Frangine-Cardassian lockboxes by rewarding them to players participating in missions and other content in-game. The article states that Cryptic has made some changes to the lockboxes based on community feedback. Quoting from the article, the boxes themselves have been changed to a common white quality by popular request. So... They will no longer be subject to need or greed rolls as long as your team's loot threshold is set to uncommon or higher.
0: That'll be nice.
1: Yeah, definitely. They will. They also stack in groups of 20 now, which is also nice. Both the returning lockboxes will feature the updated Lobby Crystal, Crystal drop tables, identical to the ones that the Wayne lockbox used. Um, if you recall our previous blog on that subject, you'll remember that that means a premium prize of at least four lobby crystals per box twice the previous minimum prize level from the frangie lockbox In the case of the cardassian lockbox This is a wholesale improvement as it previously did not even offer lobby crystal rewards at all so that's a nice improvement for those. In addition to this, we've gone through the contents of both of these lockboxes and weeded out a lot of the items that were generally seen as low in value. Uh, the Horda Companion that was previously available as part of the uh, Cardassian lockbox has been uh, expanded into a variety pack that will contain one of four random Horda hatchlings. Uh, this variety pack will be available in the Lobby Crystal Store at the price of 30 crystals. Uh, the Shield Pack and Deflector Armor Pack have been updated, only offer very rare purple Quality items, unless the character is level 8 or lower, then it will be a blue rare. Level 50 characters uh, uh, opening these boxes will find that they'll have a chance of receiving Mark 12 purple gear, so that's pretty nice. Uh, Duty Officer Mini Packs have been added to both Frangie and Cardassian Lockbox as common prizes. All the above changes are completely retroactive. Gold boxes have been updated to reflect the above improvements while maintaining their more advantageous odds. The Lobby Crystal Store is being completely refined with all of your old favorite items from the Frangie Lockbox, while still maintaining the prizes that were added alongside the Tholian Lockbox, so basically they're expanding the store to hold all the items items from all the lockboxes. We will be keeping all these items in the Lobby Store for the foreseeable future and plan to add even more items for you to choose from. Cardassian Gallor class Cruiser and the Decor Marauder, various cross-faction consoles, unique duty officers and much, much more have remained unchanged from their previous appearances and are still available to anyone opening the appropriate lockbox during this event. So in addition to this promotion, which will be running through September 27th, Cryptic is promoting a 15% sale on master keys so it is now cheaper for you to open these boxes the time is now to open them if you're going to do it folks um if you've been holding boxes do them now from uh 10 a.m today until uh october 1st get 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 the ball rolling folks if you want those ships if you want anything out of those boxes yeah, it's those keys are
0: those keys are running about a hundred and six uh, Zen per. So that's relatively cheap if you've got a pile of dilithium or something that you just don't know what to do with absolutely. and you want to use them. Because I still want, I still want a uh, decora Marauder.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, get a hold of Rock. He'll win like twenty-seven of them, I'm sure, in the next week. Yeah, seriously. I should
0: just ship him a bunch of dilithium or you something. You
1: absolutely should. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wraps up uh, Stone News. Why don't we get to the main event? The man, the myth, the legend the stall security clearance level three or above is required to access files this is captain benjamin cisco authorization cisco alpha one alpha logs accessed welcome to the show mr dan stall how are you sir hey i'm doing great excellent it's great to have you back absolutely yeah it's good to be back uh you know it's it's We've been having a lot
3: of fun. We're right in the middle of just you know a a bunch of development. Uh, Just got done playing the new Romulan Colony Adventure Zone for the first time. So that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, So I'm 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 pumped. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Yes. Good. 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 Vegas was great too. It was great to meet you in person finally too in Vegas. Yeah, that's that's really nice. It was it was
3: fun. I really it was you know one of the things about the Vegas Con is it was the first time that I felt. Uh, Star Trek online was represented in in a way that was we're we're all part of Star Trek right and it, mm-hmm. it just felt good it was just a good feeling uh it was great to see everyone who showed up there thank you so much i mean it's it's very humbling and hopefully you got some some useful information out of that and you know we'll we'll do it again in the future i
1: hope oh definitely yeah you guys yeah. got to be rock stars for like 5 minutes there like you, you <laughs> were <was> pretty cool <laughs> it was
0: awesome. it was absolutely thrilling to see everybody there cool yeah All right. Well, you know, I guess we've got a couple of a couple of quick questions just, you know, satisfy our own curiosity. So, yeah, to start out with uh, now that season six has been out for a little bit. Have you had a chance to take a good look at it? Do you have any any kind of takeaways, any any uh, wins and losses?
3: Yeah, season six, you know, obviously I look at a lot of data and I look at a lot of uh, feedback about season six. And and when we compare season six to what we were trying to accomplish, it, uh, I believe season six has definitely hit the mark for what our goal was. We really wanted to make something that would allow all these players that were sitting at max level uh, something to do and, and some, some way to get an advancement going for fleets. So we've seen just a huge number of people join fleets, we've seen a lot of people logging in to play more than than they usually do. And on top of that, it's just been fun to see more group gameplay. And, and that's not just the STFs, right? So seeing all the fleet uh, incursions to, you know, uh, all those sort of fleet events, fleet actions, really seeing them busy has just been a lot of fun and given us a lot of good feedback as we move forward because we want to expand these systems. We want to, you know, moving into Season 7, we want to take what we've learned from Season season six and, and just build on it. But so far it's been a resounding success. I mean, it's, you know, we're trying to do these updates. We're trying to do two or three of these updates a year. So, you know, think two or three things on the size of season six every year. And we're we're trying to stay real busy. And and I think season six, you know, when you compare it to seasons come before, I think it's going to hold up.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I could tell you, definitely from an end game player standpoint and and as a fleet leader the uh fleet starbase system is an epic win for you guys like my my people love it they just mm-hmm. be fight claw scratch every day to just get further <laughs> like everybody's in there just they want to hit that tier five. they want to max that thing yep. out it's it's been it's been really good i do I do that to say there's one one mission I just, just gotta tell you one mission in there is to get your bartender wow. <laughs> that mission is crazy. That's like way too many bottles of Romulan ale, and, and I can't remember what the other one is. Rocket throws you something. We're,
3: so we're we're learning from that. I think one of the things we have moving forward is to update projects to take out some of the. uh Obscure items that were in there. In fact, there's a new curse term that's been coined in the office, which is we got tough lead. <laughs> and uh, anything because Jeff Tuffley was the designer, <laughs> designer that put all that stuff in there. And there's things in there that I I'm like, how on earth? What are those? Where do you get
1: those? <laughs> <laughs>
3: right. And, and uh, we're we're learning from that. And so I think moving forward, we may retrofit some of those projects. But I know, for example, in the embassy holding, we're going to be uh, making it a lot easier. It has to be stuff that you can replicate or easily get. But one of the things that I love about you saying what you just said about your fleet and enjoying the Starbases is that this is just the beginning. We really looked at this as this is the baseline. I mean, obviously the Starbase is going to be one of your biggest holdings, mm-hmm. but this is the base from which you're going to expand and you're going to grow and as a fleet and you're going to take on different challenges. And so getting your Starbase set up is going to get you the facilities that you need to start opening up the ability to opening new things like this embassy. So having this new holding coming up in, you know, a little over a month now, you know, you're going to have a whole nother holding that has its own tracks and its own projects and its own rewards and opens up a, yet another a location that starts to build infrastructure for your fleet so that you guys as we introduce new content and as we introduce new challenges your fleet's going to be there your fleet's going to be represented and that that's it's just great it's it's fun to hear you say that and it's it's definitely we're going to expand on it can't wait just can't yeah. wait
1: yeah it's absolutely the
0: truth it's it's a whole new game for me now that uh, since season 6 yeah, Good. you're gonna love season seven then, because it's,
3: <laughs> it's, it's season six 2.0. I, you know, one of the things I, I love about season seven that's coming up is we're taking the concept of the fleet holdings, basically the, these projects that you build for your fleet, and we're gonna add two new personal holdings. And so these are what you'd call reputations in in the MMO world, where uh, these are your allies. You're doing missions for them, but think of these on as on an individual basis, where you yourself as a captain are gonna say, you know what, I want to try and build a rapport with the Romulan. I want to try and build up my reputation with them. And by doing so as an individual, you're going to spend your points and your skill points when you do missions for them. You're going to be able to unlock uh, new Romulan rewards and new Romulan benefits From that, and we're also going to retrofit the system uh, over the uh, what was previously the STFs. So we're getting rid of all of those crazy uh, stores where you have to trade in one thing for another thing to get another thing (laughs) from the STFs. That's all going away in lieu of making it more like a holding. And so we're going to definitely do a conversion where people who have spent all the time and got all those EDCs and all the prototype research and everything, we're, we're going to make sure that everyone gets credited for that. But uh, just simplifying it. So when you think about season seven, it's, you're not only going to have your personal holdings, but you're also going to have these fleet holdings, and you're going to have a lot to do. Yeah, there's going to be, a lot, that's, that's, that's that's be a lot of things they going to have to work on.
1: Now, are you are you looking at tying the accolade points and system into the reputation system at all? Because I know a lot of people have spent a lot of time on accolade points. Like yes. I have like eleven thousand, so I'd re- I'd love for that to be tied in somehow.
3: Yeah, it's not happening in season seven, but it is part of the design. Part of the design is that. Uh, these reputations uh, accolades in a sense are those things and much like some accolades actually give you passive power bonuses you know, we want those represented in, in this system in the future. And so we're working on the UI right now and we're thinking ahead as to when we will actually put those in there. But accolades in the future are going to get introduced into the system as well and they're going to be expanded upon. So so people like yourself that are sitting on a ton of accolade points are, are going to be able to have a much better UI that represents all the powers that you've unlocked by doing that and allow us to expand it.
1: Wow, that's fantastic news. That's <laughs> really <Absolutely>. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Glad.
3: Uh, there's so many things that that need to be done in Star Trek Online. <laughs> yeah, but it, you guys
1: it's... are doing them. And you're doing them well. I think that's. I think you guys have done a great job this last season alone. I mean, season mm. six is like I said. It's the Starbase thing. It, you know, is huge. But just the whole season was really epic win for you guys. I think. And I. I mean, you've got me excited. I can't wait for season seven and season eight and just all the things that you guys have hinted to and and that we know are coming and and the different ships. There's so much coming and it's just. It's a very exciting time to be in this game. It's almost like a relaunch, in a sense, of the game. It really
3: is. And, and, you know, when we look at Season 6 and Season 7, really, you know, we had this big relaunch with Free to Play, and... You know, all of our existing players are still with us. But then we had just this influx of all these people who either for financial reasons or, or one reason or another just hadn't been playing because they, they couldn't do the $15 a month. But now that that, that barrier has been removed, they've all come back to the game and they're like, oh, I love playing this game. And it has been like a relaunch. And But one of the things that we recognized right after free to play is just how many players we had at max level already, because a lot of players were people that had left the game that came back, and so we just had a ton of people at max level, so we identified really quickly that we needed to get our end game you know running and, and honestly cryptic 's never really done a solid end game before, and Star Trek is the first time that cryptics really invested time and energy into an end game. Uh, So we're finally getting to where we think the end game should have been, you know, at launch. And that's what season six and seven is. It's really like, okay, how can we get end game to a place where it should be? And then once we do that, so season six was the start season seven is sort of like end game, you know, the second half of end game by adding the personal advancement system. And then once we have that taken care of, then we feel confident that we can start going after new players and we can start building new episodes and talking about uh, the types of, features that bring in new players to the game. Things like, you know, adding new factions or fixing it so you can start as a Klingon as your first character. Doing, you know, sort of the traditional Star Trek featured episodes like what we were doing, which which have a big draw with new players as well. So I really look at 2012 is all about endgame and 2013 is all about, you know, expanding the game and, and introducing the ability for uh, either new factions or or fixing existing factions and really shoring up that new player experience so that there's new things to do.
1: Well, it's definitely working, and I mean, he, just this episode, we got a piece of feedback in that, that we were talking to the guy, and he basically asked a simple question. As a new player to to Star Trek Online, he was saying, hey, what you know? What kind of good resources should I be looking at, you know, Sto Wiki and this and that, and, you know, it was funny. We went through a couple with him, but at the end, you know, I said, the best resource you could really have right now is a fleet.
3: One of the, the nice things that I loved about what you just said is the fact that when we launched the game, fleets were sort of a chat channel, and that was about right. it. Right and now fleets are far much more than that, oh, yeah. and there's there's a commonality there's a goal, and there's a reason why the thing I love about it because we have our own internal fleet as well, and what's nice about having that fleet is for players like ourselves who are we're all max level and we've a lot of gear, there's just always something to do there's always right. something that we can be working on, and you know we've played the same missions a bunch of times just like everybody else but what's fun about it is that you know we're we're working towards something and if you think about where star trek's going to be a year or two years down the road Think about new fleets coming in. Someone starting a fleet at the end of 2013 is going to have such a robust experience. They're going to have so much to do. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what I love about it is I'm 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 happy that, that the existing long-term fleets are seeing the benefits of it now. This is a feature that's going to be healthy for the game for the
1: long run because it's always going to be with us and, and it's going to grow. Definitely. This Absolutely. Is, it's, it's, like I said, it's a great time to be in the game. Well, let's attack uh, <laughs> cool. Let's attack some of these emails here. Let's see here. Uh, so Admiral uh, Merriman, he wants to know where his ambassador class is. He wants an ETA. He says he doesn't care about ship specifications. He doesn't care about the skins part. He just wants to hear you give a simple answer. Will the in- ambassador class debut in Season 7? And if not, can you tell him why the ship keeps getting pushed back? I think I've mentioned before
3: that we're making the ambassador class. It's getting made. Uh, It is going to be in the game, but we want it to be tied to a very special episode that is going to be a time travel episode. And so it really is sort of on hold until that episode gets made. We have that episode tentatively on the schedule. It's not in season seven, but it's going to debut before season eight. That's the goal right now. Uh, so somewhere between season seven launch and season eight launch you're gonna see an episode that is going to bring in the uh ambassador class that's our goal right now. If it ends up being in season eight launch then then you can you can all spit on me but uh, <laughs> now, for now that's the best definitive answer i can give it It's not in limbo it's not you know, maybe we'll make it. It's like, no, we're we're making it. It's part of this episode. But that episode just isn't part of season seven right now.
1: And we might as well. It wasn't part of his question, but we might as well, since we're on the topic. Um, I know there's going to be a 100 other people to go. What about the Andorian and, and, and do we have a solid date yet for uh, Vesta launch and things like that?
3: Yep, so Vesta's coming, launch day, Season 7. The uh, Dorian ship is post Season 7. I don't know if it's going to be the December ship or if it's going to be January or February, but it's somewhere in that time frame. And it could be that the Ambassador class is somewhere in that time frame too. Right now we're sort of heads down on Season 7 and I'm still trying to maneuver all the new people coming in and and we haven't quite adjusted the schedule for Season 8 yet, but once I get all that adjusted, then I'll be able to give some better dates but it is coming and it's it's the one enterprise ship that we're missing and and we, we desperately want it to be in
0: game
1: what are the other uh, Secret Squirrel ships that are lurking about? I know there's rumors about the Wells-class and some people have caught screenshots, which I don't know if those are fake or not, but uh, there are some other ones out there floating that, that people are talking about that are supposedly around the corner. Is there any, any glimpse you can give us on those?
3: Yeah, the Wells-class uh, ship I think you're going to see very, very soon, probably within the next two weeks. Oh, wow. um, okay. And so that's coming very soon. In terms of other ships, I know there's there's other ships – Uh, Nothing that I have off the tip of my tongue, but the big ones are, you know, we have the Wells time ship and there's a Klingon variant of that as well. And then we have the Vesta class coming in season seven. And then we have the Andorian ship and then the Ambassador class ship. I think there's also some ships being made for Thousand Day Veterans. So those of you who are Lifetime or Thousand Day Veterans um, have something to look for. And I think those nice. ships are going to be available in October. So yeah, the ship team's really busy. I mean, we got all kinds of ships coming. It's just lining it all up when they are actually releasing. Al Rivera
0: had mentioned not, uh, not too many interviews ago about potentially working on a broadsider. Does that ring any bells for you? Is that anything that you can address?
3: yeah that's one of the ships that i mentioned i'm i can't remember which one it is uh it could be the andorian ship it sounded more like the idea where the rear and the front weapon slops were kind of put on the sides of the ships Mm -hmm. so you you could add it, it that's the concept of the broadsider where you can actually put torpedoes on your on each side sure uh kind of idea and it sounds cool i'd love to see a ship like that that'd be kind of
1: fun that would make for some very unique combat that could be really neat yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I,
3: I I don't think that's been designed yet. I know it's been talked about. I can't promise that that's what the Andorian ship is, but sure. that's that's where that rumor sort of comes from. We have been talking about it would be cool to have a different type of ship that does something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Dorian Lang here wonders, uh, when will we see hybrid weapons such as hybrid plasma disruptors, phase Polarons, and polarized Tetrion bumped up to Mark twelve?
3: So I believe there's a buzzword in my head that I think I saw on a status report saying that there is a new hybrid weapons coming as part of the remake of the Omega Fleet personal holding or the reputation system, as well as the Romulan reputation system. So I think in this new personal advancement system coming in season seven, you're going to see some of the uh, it might not be the ones you mentioned, but I do think there are some new ways to get some special Mark 12 weapons. And it could very well be the ones that you just talked about.
1: Outstanding. Coming from the Stowe Forums, we have Sci-Fi Fans 78 and they would like to know, any chance we can get a deposit button for the Dilithium Exchange that would allow players to consolidate Dilithium into the Exchange
3: prior to selling it? That's sort of one of those UI nice to have, and I think that might have even come up before. And what I do is anytime we get good suggestions like this, I, I make a, a bug or a task for our software team, and I put it in, into sort of the, when you have time, please do this button. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, Please do these uh, things. And so I'm pretty sure that's one of the things that's in their uh, backlog waiting to be done. One of the things I do want to mention about the dilithium exchanges is is one of the ideas that I've really been thinking about is finding a way to have players sell items on, on a separate exchange, like a, like think of it like a Ferengi black market or something Mm -hmm. along those lines. That would be where instead of listing items for EC, you would list them for dilithium. And so you could take, you know, maybe it's just ships or maybe it's just special items, but you could put it on this separate exchange and you could actually sell that to another player for dilithium instead. Uh, in addition to the exchange improvements we are thinking about all kinds of different ways that we can improve the dilithium exchange and improve just the exchange in general so good question i am i'm I'm glad people keep reminding us of that stuff because we do need to get that stuff into the game
0: yeah player dilithium exchange that would be fantastic yeah it would. That, yeah i think it would probably give some inspiration to crafters out there too
3: it really does go sort of hand-in-hand hand with a big crafting update. I, I really look at it as you make these really high-end premium items. It right. would be nice if you could – because Delith- we talk about it internally as it's a time currency, right? It, sure. It's representative of you spending time in the game. And for people that are going to spend the time to craft really high-end items, it would be nice for them to get something more than just EC for it. And so that's sort of one of the desires that we have to have that sort of exchange. It would certainly help.
0: All right. Uh, Talion from the Stove Forums. Does Cryptic have the resources to add a Romulan faction as fleshed out as the KDF? Many Romulan factions fans including myself on the idea of a major faction such as the romulans being glued onto the federation or kdf a no-go proposition
3: it really depends on how you do it do we have the resources we're getting the resources like we're getting uh our teams continuing to grow i think we're you know we were at about 21 22 people about a year ago and now we're pushing 50 going up to 55 oh, wow. 60 like like you know it's not big when you compare it to the size of of you know maybe the three or 400 people working on another MMO.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But in terms of do we have the resources, when you look at the amount of resources that we're, we're putting on the team now, it's getting to the point where we can start biting off some of these big issues. And, and when I look at season eight, Uh, you know, the reason why we did the poll and asked Cryptic, you know, what do you want to see in 2013 is to really help validate our plans uh, of what we want to do and ensure that we're going in the right direction. And Romulan faction is one of the things that we're really strongly considering. And so we wouldn't be considering that if we didn't think we could do it. Now, I do want to talk about this idea of factions, right? Because should there be three factions, should there be four or five, six factions in the game? And, And when I think about the future of, okay, well, let's Let's say we do Romulans, and then we do Cardassians, and then we do uh, Dominion, and then we do Kazon or something—something something just crazy. Are those all factions unto themselves? You know, are we just going to add a new faction anytime we add one of these races? I don't know if that's sustainable in the long term. I, yeah. I don't know if it—I can't imagine it would be. No, I agree. Um, and so. And so part of a part of what we're doing and what we've been doing is thinking about how do we want it to work in the future if we had these resources and we could do this. And part of me feels that the best idea right now is kind of what I put in this in the state of the game is just this idea that we understand. That if you want to play a Romulan, you don't just want to be a Romulan in Federation clothing, right? Like you you don't want to be a Romulan getting your missions from Admiral Quinn and you know going and doing the Azura Mm -hmm. and all this all those sort of things. You want to have your own mission giver and your own reason for doing missions. And so some of the ideas that we've thrown around and we haven't sort of decided how we would do it if we're going to do it. But one of the ideas I like is this idea that we could still have a two-faction game where you have the... You know, one the Axis and the Allies, right? So you have one faction at war with another faction, but that there could be races that are allied with those two at war factions, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily have to be a faction unto themselves. If that makes any sense, kind of
1: sure. a mi- kind and, of a mini faction in a way, or a sub
3: well, yeah, or, a or just or just the fact that you're allied or you're you're joining the fight on one side so that the war still makes sense. It's not like a five way war. Right. Like <laughs> it, like it, it's not like you know we end up with like it's it's the Klingons versus the Feds versus the Romulans versus the Borg versus the the Cardassians and and we really kind of want to just keep it at one conflict but then figuring out okay where do romulans which side do they go on which side would they would they support not that they would be part of that faction per se
2: mm-hmm.
3: but would they be inclined to help one faction or another or would would there be some romulans who would help the klingons and some romulans who might help the federation because the the romulan faction themselves are a, are a little bit splintered sure uh, you know they they've got their own little issues going on Uh, And so I think if we were to do, you know, kind of answer, do we have the resources to flesh it out? I think we do, and we want to make sure that if we if we do a Romulan faction that you have a unique experience to where you're flying Romulan ships and you're following a Romulan agenda of what you're trying to do. You might help other factions and you might be sort of working towards a a common goal in some sense, but you still have your own reasons and your own agenda. And uh, that, to me, is the the winning idea because then we can introduce Cardassians and then we can introduce you know, liberated Borg or, or, or anything that's sort of a fringe faction in the future. And it doesn't have to be its own thing. Uh, you know, we don't have to have, you know, the liberated Borg duty officer pack,
0: right? Like It's, <laughs> it's,
3: it's like, you know, we can, we can, we can sort of, Find a way to work it, and and so you know that's that that's like one of the questions that comes up. Okay, so you know, do I have to go out and buy all new duty officers if mm-hmm. I join the faction? I don't think so. I think what we'd end up doing is we'd end up, we'd end up incorporating Romulans into those other faction duty officer uh, rosters in some way, so that you can have an all Romulan crew. You know, if you go the right route sure so so those are some of the ideas and honestly that's just you know one of the big discussions we're having about how we would do it I mean the Klingon faction you know it really ties heavily into what are we doing with the Klingon faction Mm. and so You know, when you ask, is it going to be as fleshed out as the KDF faction? I think we have to answer that question. You know, what does it take to finally flesh out the Klingon faction? Is it giving them a tutorial? Is it giving them a, you know, those first uh, 18 levels so that you can go from one to 50 as a Klingon finally? If it means that, then I think the Romulans should have that as well. So if, you know, if we end up doing that for the Klingons, then I think we would want the Romulans to, to follow suit. Excellent.
1: Well on J G wants to know can the Thousand Day Pets get a locksmith triple that gives us one free lockbox key every so many days?
3: Um, I, I don't know if that's a thousand day veteran reward or if that's just an everybody reward uh, that want to do in the future, but I certainly think it's a great idea. Um, it's actually one of the things uh, that I've fired off as one of those, you know, when we get, when we get to it, let's consider doing this. So I could see within the next six months, us cooking up a way for people to to get a free key now and then.
0: Well, Captain Revo, speaking of your State of the Game post today, uh, asks, can you give us an update on where we are with PvP revamp now that we are likely to see some kind of PvP starbase territory war in 2013?
3: Well, that's one of the really you know I listed four things in the state of the game as as big areas that are parts of the game that we want to address. I don't have the 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 best answer for that because honestly we've we haven't done much up to this point if anything up to this point. And so where we're at right now is we're talking about it internally. We've got some you know, we've had Chris Dodds and and uh, looking at the PvP tech that uh, Gozer was working on, and we recognize that we we just kind of need to start over and, and make it better and 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 figure out. How to make it work right for Star Trek Online. A lot of the discussions that we've been having is, is about why, you know, what what is the reward for playing PVP? What is the what is the benefit of spending the resources to make the PVP maps? What why do people want to play it? And we're getting a lot of inspiration from the Starbase system and the the fun that fleets are having off of that. And so when we look at 2013, we think about PVP. What we're thinking is a way to incorporate PVP. Uh, closely or closer into Um, what fleets are doing and into the types of personal advancement systems we're building. So I would not be surprised to see uh, in 2013 us introduce a way, a a sort of a progression for PVP uh, that sort of replaces what's there now. So a better way to earn gear, uh, you know, new and better gear to earn and really sort of fix up and and do some new PVP maps that are that are a lot better than what we have out there right now. So that's what we're thinking. All of the stuff, those four things, those big hot topics I put in the state of the game I don't have time frames for any of those they're just the big things that are on our on our agenda as to what we want to tackle and so I I can't make any promises but that that's where we're at that's what we're thinking about
1: well joshy uh, 7889 would like to know any hints on the next lockbox and what it's going to be and is there any word on the andorian andorian antenna animations (laughs) <laughs> the Andorian antenna animation,
3: uh, boy, that that I have uh, I hadn't thought about that in a, in a couple months. Uh, the Andorian antenna animation, we, gosh, I want to say we, uh, and, and one of the animators had a prototype working at some point. Um, I'll have to go bug our lead animator about that and say, hey, whatever happened to those antennas? Did you ever get those done? When it comes to uh, the next lockbox, uh, we just started a promotion right now where for the next week uh, we're we're dropping Cardassian and Ferengi lockboxes for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh And then once the, once that's up, the next lockbox will be released. And uh I think there's uh if you kind of combine that with the, the idea about the Wells
1: timeship, uh maybe there's
3: a maybe there's a possibility that that's in the next lockbox.
1: I gotcha. That's what I figured it might be. <laughs>
0: Roach asks, you mentioned that having the KDF and Fed leveling to be more aligned in speed is a factor. Does this mean that we KDF players may see more low-level PvE content to fill our mission ranks before the devs focus back on endgame agnostic content?
3: Well, it means a couple things, right? Like what I, what he's referring to is this idea that there's so much patrol content and so much early game content on the Fed side. The data that we're seeing is that most Fed players are hitting max level well before they finish all the episodes i mean they're finishing you know, they're getting to max level about the time that they are in the middle of the romulan episode series and it's just because there's so many other places where you can get leveling XP now. You can get it from uh, you know fleet actions, you can get it from patrols, get it from duty officers. And so it, it's almost too fast on the Fed side. So when we look at leveling it out so that there's, there's sort of a similar leveling speed, part of what I'm thinking of is taking a little bit of a pruning shear to some of the XP given out on the early side on the Fed side so that it's more in line. But then it also does mean answering that question of, you know, if we were to add Klingons at level one, how much content does that mean? And do we have enough? Uh, resources to make it so that you can have an episode per level from 1 to 50 on the Klingon side, or at least enough content to get you um, up to endgame where where all the, the fun's happening.
1: Very cool. Well, uh, Zarathos1978 wants to know, are there any plans of getting the ship costume part of the sea store actually having costumes in it again? Can we get the old ones back now used for fleet ships or new ones if you plan them? I hate the fact that can not customize my ships beyond the three free options.
3: I totally agree. I'm, I miss it as well. I And, and honestly, um, when I was talking to Al Gecko about this a, a while back, you know at some point we're getting sort of to the end of all the canon ships there are on the fed side and there's still a few more to go on the klingon side but at some point we're we just need to start making variants and those variants don't necessarily need to be new classes of ships under themselves they can just be new ship costumes so i personally do miss the fact that i can't just get a new ship costume for my galaxy mm-hmm. or a new ship costume for my uh my defiant And I would love to see us do more of those.
1: And tying it into crafting would just be another win. Star Trek One wants to know, Star Trek Bridge Commander had an entire modding community, which uh, is doing some fantastic shipbuilding. Has Cryptic ever looked into uh, adding any of those modders to the staff? We
3: certainly love the fact that there's a, a great modding community out there. One of the discussions, you know, every, anytime we think of, we talk about the Foundry, um, and anytime we do interviews about the Foundry, and Neverwinter's are going through this as well is we get asked by people, you know, what about the modding community? Are you eventually going to allow the modding community into the foundry? You know, it's, it's one thing to set up missions and it's one thing to to sort of be able to use the existing assets, but what about players making assets? Because players, make, I mean, there's fan, there's people out there, you mentioned the guys doing the Star Trek Bridge Commander stuff. There's just so many amazing, talented people out there that have the time and the energy to build these amazing ships. And so just sort of talking off the cuff here, but one of my personal goals would be i would love to see the modding community incorporated into the foundry at some point no 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 plans at all uh in in the near or or sort of medium term to do that but you know we need to enable that kind of stuff for star trek online because look at what black has done it's just it's just awesome
1: definitely so our last question and we'll kind of broaden it it's it's from a uh, um... Someone sent it in, but we'll, we'll kind of broaden this in general. But basically what what Arab is asking is he wants to know what, if anything, uh, that, you know, of is coming to Stowe that can in, in the very near future uh, might bring back old players. But I want to broaden that and just say not only on top of that, but basically in general, what's coming? What What's this your kind of last chance to spill? Anything you want to throw out there to really kind of put the hook in the water for people who are thinking about biting? So
3: so this is my this I'll give you a little bit of a viewpoint into my one year strategy right now. Uh so I mentioned at the beginning of the interview we we're talking about, you know, we launched free to play and we initially realized that we have all these players coming back to the game and so we had a, a huge number of players come back to the game already this last january and most of them were max level so uh, the, the first thing we did uh, to, to basically uh, address that is we we started working on endgame we dropped everything we were doing and started working on endgame and so that means we put featured episodes on hold we put a lot of the other features we had on hold so that we can just focus on on getting fleets uh in a state where they they should be and what that that's done. Is that sort of sustained endgame, and it's it's helped keep the players engaged that that had come back. But what's going to bring back the players who didn't come back, and what's going to bring back new players are are, are sort of the big question for the next year. So okay, now that now that season seven's coming out, and we can sort of be really happy about where endgame's at. What next? And so that's, that's why you see us talking about the Klingon faction and the Romulan faction, because I look at those as two really big gripes that people have had. Um, I think of the Klingon faction as one, you know, being able to create a Klingon from as your first character and really having your own sort of identity within the game. I think if we were really true to to make an effort there and do the right thing, it would bring a certain number of players back that had left in frustration. I think that that's definitely something. You know, just think of, you know, getting an email and saying, hey, now you can create a Klingon from level 1 to 50. It's, you know, even though we launched the game, Klingons is a PvP faction, here we are three years later and now you can finally create a Klingon and have a full PvE experience. I think also the data that we see from all of the Perfect World games, which have a lot more experience than we do, their games have been around for a lot longer and are far more competitive Uh, in China, for example. Some of their games are some of the highest. They have more users than, than most Western MMO games have. And what they've noticed over the years is that what really brings in new or returning players is a new game experience, either that new faction or that new species or that new class, that new race that really gives people a reason to alt and gives new players a place where they can say, I'm coming in at ground zero. I'm coming in at equal footing with everyone else, and I'm going to be able to play this from level one to 50. You know, you look at games like uh, WoW, and they've sort of made a living off of this, the fact that, you know, you look at Mr of Pandaria coming out, it's all about new factions. It's all about this new character class, this new race, monks, and there's a reason for that, and it's because it's a really good driver to bring new players and lapsed players back to the game, and so that's a big question that we're asking ourselves, and that's one of the top reasons why we're considering everything that we need to do next year to do that. It also helps that, you know, we've got a big movie coming out in May. Uh, You've got the next Star Trek movie coming out, and all signs point to that being an even bigger and better movie than the first, you know, at least the That's the word we get. Uh, It's going to be fun to just have Star Trek in the popular conscious again. And so we think 2013 is going to be an amazing (laughs) year for Star Trek Online. And we're definitely trying to find a way to do the right things at the right time so that we can sort of ride the wave of Star Trek that's going to be next year and really solve the big problems and the reasons why people left and say, you know what, those things that you didn't like they're gone those things that you wanted they're there and let's let's move forward let's you know come back and play because we want we want your business we want people to play Star Trek online and uh, we're listening and we're getting better
0: every day well, it's, it's, yeah, it certainly looks that way. Thank you so much, Dan. We really 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 appreciate all the time you gave us today.
3: Of course. And uh and uh you know, my hats off to you guys. Thanks again for everything that you do. And again, thanks to to all the people that listen to this podcast and all the people in game. I I really do mean it and uh thank you so much for all the questions that you send in whether it's through Priority 1 or through the Ask Cryptics or through the forums. Um, it really does keep us honest, and it, and it keeps us really focused on the right things. And I really think people are, are passionate about Star Trek, and they're passionate about Star Trek Online. It's painful sometimes to read the forums because there's a lot of trash talk sometimes, but when you get past that and you realize that people just want the game to continue to get better, um, we agree, and we're gonna we're gonna do that. Thanks, guys. I need to run, but yep. thank you so much yeah, for your time, for joining us. all the questions, and let's do this again real soon. Yep, we'll be right there with you okay thanks. take here. Hi. message
1: coming in sir hating frequencies open see we are getting to know each other and thanks again for joining us Dan it was an absolute pleasure and we'll catch you next time so for the last episode to be back episode okay. 96 we've got a couple of uh, things came in on the stove forms here we got one from Roach Roach, yellow Roach beard, beeping guard. spaceman, L-O-L. <laughs> Here's hoping that you get well soon, Jesse. Roach, I love you, and I know you get my humor. That's why I love you, buddy. I'm glad that you liked it, too. That was that was the point, you know. Everyone's going to do the, oh, we love you, we miss you. I knew somebody had to be funny there, so thanks. I appreciate it.
0: Next we have from Azurian Star. My wishes for a speedy recovery for J.H., Jesse Heinen. By the way, Brandon Felter, got to get these podcasters their own sub-forum. That would be cool. That's not a terrible idea. That's not a terrible idea. If you're listening, brand Flakes, the listeners requested. It's (laughs) what the people want. It's what the people
1: want. (laughs) Give the people what they want. That's right. All right, Kato13 sent in, I snorted a rock star out of my nose when I heard this. It hurt. You owe me a new rock star, James. Uh, you're welcome. One rock star coming up. Oh, wait. I'm a rock star. Party like a rock star. Party like a rock star.
0: And from Twitter, we have three new followers to give a shout out to. At Keeney1975. I think that's Chris Keene who just joined SSOG, actually. Yeah. Uh, and at Galran. Also, at ElvenSword, thank you all for joining on to the Priority One bandwagon. We can't wait to hear more from you. Don't be afraid to shout out to us. We check her a lot. So that's at STO Priority One.
1: Sean Newboy sent us an email saying, Get well, Jesse. We miss knowing we can rely on you. Welcome and well met, Bill. My condolences to all who held both Neil Armstrong and Sean Vialrat in esteem and respect. They will be missed. Get well soon, Adrienne. These boys are not sound engineers. Bless their oh. hearts. Oh, Sean. That Ouch. hurts. Oh, Ouch. my gosh. Ouch. What? Pull that knife out of Elliot's back. It really I'm doesn't serious. hurt me at all because I, I don't do editing. Sean.
0: On. Oh, Sean <laughs> the bus driver, you mean.
1: Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, Are those tire tracks on your back? Yes. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, Love the episode. and really looking forward to all the new content you are and will be adding. Thank
0: you so much. Yeah, couldn't agree more about the sound engineer. Couldn't agree more about that bus you over, really. Yes, Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh from Dunsel five hundred. This one is via email. His comment is Hi P one, I have been playing STO a couple of months now. This is my second MMO. First started playing with Lotro, also a good game. I, I I played a the heck out of that myself when it went free to play uh and am now dividing my play time i enjoy your podcast but am obviously far behind your levels in the game just hit level 25 can you suggest some resources websites for someone who is still trying to figure out the game some I have found a couple of sites, Wiki, for example, but was wondering if you might have a couple of suggestions since you know the community much better. Uh, this is one of those games that doesn't have a ton of documentation. It's all really tribal knowledge, you know. Um, it's it's a lot of fan fan source stuff. You need a, great, a good fleet. That's yeah, what you need that's the hugest thing.
1: Get a good it. fleet is, you know, and I just happen to know a good fleet. Um, actually, I know lots of good. There's several, several good fleets. But if you're not in a good fleet. Or, or in a fleet at all, I, I, you're always welcome to join ours. We do have the official priority One fleet, which is SSOG, Starfleet Special Operations Group. We also have a matching Klingon groups, Klingon Special Operations Group, so if you've got both characters. And uh, I, if you don't want to join ours, that's fine. There's many, many, many good fleets out there. We interview okay. fleet admirals all the time. But a fleet will save your butt. They'll teach you everything. They'll help you get gear, accomplish missions. Um, fleet to your family. And Star Trek is all about family, so I would say get in a fleet. That's your best reason.
0: no reason to not be in one, because you can be... You can be in a fleet and, you know, most of them, they don't require participation or anything, but they're there when you need them and, and you'll be there once you get up in levels when somebody else needs you. So that's, that's the, yeah, don't, don't waste any time that you're going to, you're going to get a lot of help from fleets. Other than that, if, if you, uh, if you're looking for web help, stoacademy.com, S-T-O-A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. Good for builds. Yeah, it's good for builds. It's good for, they've got a forums. They've got a pretty active community and their information is typically pretty up-to-date you know i mean they check through it and and keep it fresh so that you're not uh basing your builds on old information um let's see uh memory alpha just for like canon references so if you know if you see something i do this all the time i see something in a storyline and i'm like where the hell did that come from you know and and then i'll go throw it into memory alpha and oh hey look there it is what else uh dev tracker of course gotta have that yeah, that's on the Stove forums. And, and if you're not familiar with it, what that does is basically it, it tracks every post made by a developer on the Stove forums. So it'll automatically catalog all that stuff. You can see what the, I always just go look at the first, the most recent two pages just to see kind of what updates are happening, what people, what devs are commenting on. Uh, It's a great way to stay up to date with uh, changes in the game, and every now and then you'll see something like, oh my god, they lowered the resistance on that, that's why I'm such a squishy nutball out
1: there. Right, yeah. I follow it on Twitter, which is I find to be the easiest way, because I'm so uh, mobile in my life and my job, too, it's just I can't always get literally onto my home computer read, so Twitter's a great way to follow it, and that's at sto underscore DevTrack, and uh you can also follow it I think it's uh at trek online game is another Twitter one that kind of follows the uh, Star trek online in general but the the stowe uh underscore dev track at Stow underscore dev track is the twitter one to follow it's and it ha- always has links to the articles so it'll it'll link to the articles and game you can read it on your phone on the go wherever you're at, which is really really nice of course, don't forget to uh <laughs> add ours to at Stowe priority one to your Twitter uh but seriously uh thank you everybody for your feedback we'd love to hear from you if you have anything else you want to send in about this episode or the next you can send it to uh incoming at com. and uh that's pretty much it that wraps up episode 97 doesn't it it sure does we're coming
0: we're coming up on 100 really really fast we have some pretty awesome stuff coming for you guys so check in early october Lock on to our, our Twitter and our Facebook because as soon as an update is made, we throw it on there. Um, so if you're following us on Facebook or Twitter, you'll see it, you know, right away when it happens. There's lots of good stuff coming. I just i would love to get into it right now, but that'll be a whole another show just to cover it. So yes, we'll indeed, ju- we'll just roll right ahead and uh, and and let you know that uh, that stay tuned.
1: Well, that wraps up episode 97, broadcasting live from TrekRadio.net. Remember that we are on every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern Time, 5.30 Pacific Standard Time, as noted at the beginning of the show. We've been getting some amazing feedback, and we play much better to a live audience. As you can see, we get to have a lot more fun. You get to hear us having funny moments and choke moments and record and all the <laughs> kind of interesting stuff that happens on a live show. So uh, check it out if you like to uh, hear a live show. I think it's more fun. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool, though. It's pretty cool. Also keep an eye open for Alex Calderwood's uh, amazing priority one comics on our brand new website priorityonepodcast.com and on Facebook, which is where I like to get it. Uh while you eagerly await his Arc 2 adventures, which are going to be just awesome. I can't say I say it every week, but I can't say it enough how much his art has really stepped up for this new arc. So um really just stand by to check that out. It's, it's incredible.
0: We're looking for your suggestions, ideas, and feedback for blank of the week and field notes and general show improvements and additions. You can submit your ideas and questions with our online form at the new Priority One website, www.priorityonepodcast.com, via email to incoming at priorityonepodcast.com or Facebook and Twitter.
1: And he said it. We're on Facebook. Head over to facebook.com/slash priority one podcast and check us out over there trek us out over there <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. and you can follow us on twitter at Stowe priority one to have your foundry missions featured on the show send in your name of your mission a brief description and your at handle to incoming priority one podcast.com or use the online submission forum on our new website and that's at com. i don't know if we say these enough just so that you guys I don't know. think so i don't yeah mm-hmm. i don't know the It's pretty funny, but I think we say them a lot. Anyway, we have uh, shifted our Foundry reviews to a video format. We will be playing through the mission with its author if we can get them. We like to play through it with the author. Sometimes we can't get them, but a lot of times we're able to get them now. And then we take them we post them to our YouTube channel, uh, which is youtube.com slash bestowpriority1. Our first video playthrough is now up. Head on over and check it out. That even puts us on IMDb. Cool.
0: Donate, donate, donate. We need your help to keep Priority One running on full impulse power. Head over to com and click the Donate button. Or, if you're an Amazon shopper, take a look at our Amazon affiliate store on the sidebar of the website and support the show while you shop.
1: And pretty soon, we'll get the lovely and vivacious Adrienne Grady back, and she'll get our uh, our swag stores up and running. Mm-hmm. Where She's still working on those. Unfortunately, her... Uh untimely absence um, has kind of pulled her away from that project. So as soon as she gets back, we'll get her uh to get those up and running. So you guys I want need a hat. Priority One swag. I know I want a mug so I can sit here and drink my Earl Grey tea hot from my Priority One mug <laughs> while I do the show. Uh We'd like to thank our special guest for Episode 97, Mr. Dan Stahl. Executive Producer, Star Trek Online, for joining us, the entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com, our Executive Producer, Elliot Tan, our Production Assistant and Artist, Alex Calderwood, our Audio Engineer and Host, Adrienne Grady, and the Composer of our awesome new theme music, Mr. Chris Watts. Special thanks to our sponsors, Sayulita.com geek nation tours and our syndication partner subspace radio and trek radio the trek radio live crew as well for keeping us up and live on these thursdays and of course the stoke community without you guys none of this would be worth nothing It wouldn't be any fun no one's listening why are we doing it so thank you guys for listening you guys are awesome so thanks for listening guys and have a great week red alert ready weapons Engage. engage
0: Is David around still? I don't
1: know. I think he's yep, yep. There he is. I was
0: just uh, making use of the blood wine barrels. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) The mission summary goes as follows. During the height of the Gorn Wars, a renowned Klingon fleet of wing 300... I'm going to
1: do that again. I'm James.
0: And I'm Elliot, sitting in for Adrienne.
1: And, uh, and Elijah, you, you're, you're sitting in And Elijah, in I'm sitting in.
0: I'm sitting in, Well, you sit in for Elijah. I don't want to sit in for Elijah. I you never know you... where his chair has been. Yeah. Okay, fine. You sit in for Adrian, and I'll sit in for Elijah.
1: I kind of like that. As Adrian, I have to ask, <laughs> do these pants make my ass look fat?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And I'm spent. This week in Trek in three, two... One, take it away, James, you beautiful man. I had one of those warm fuzzy moments coming out of the two thousand
0: nine JJ movie. I'm walking out and this teenage yeah. girl I overhear a teenage girl going, Oh my god, Spock is so hot. <laughs> I was like, Yes, the war is over and we won. <laughs>